Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And then he told them, Going to all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Jesus says, go into all... He's directing his disciples there. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world, telling everyone that he had paid the penalty for sin... And that those who believe in him can be forgiven and live eternal with God. Christians today in all parts of the world are telling the good news to people who haven't heard about Christ or have fallen away. They are also showing the gospel to people that haven't heard or haven't experienced and are chasing the lost sheep in this deadly world. The driving power carries missionaries locally, nationally and internationally and also sets Christ's church in motion. The driving power of that is faith. So the faith that comes from the resurrection. So if we're starting up any new initiatives or any new endeavours, then we are silly to not focus that on the faith of the resurrection, the faith of where God is taking us, the faith in what has already been prepared for us, not only as a church but as individuals in God's mission, not our mission. But I want to ask you a question. Do you ever feel as though you don't have the skills or determination to be a witness for Christ? wherever you are. And I've, I've banged on this about, about this before, but if we can take on the concept of being that sent mentality, going into our workplaces, our families, where we ha- our, have our education with our friends, if we can take that sent mentality, then we are preaching the good news through our actions, and taking up the opportunities that God is actually giving us. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Go. Go to all the world, the whole world, to the end of the age. In the original text, in the Greek translation, there is a word that I'm going to struggle to say, but I'm going to give it a, give it a whirl. It's pora, pora numerae. I'm pretty sure I got that. It's pretty good. I'll pat myself on the back there. Which means to transport. So it's not just, it's not, the word in English is go. But the word in Greek, this word that I'm not going to pronounce again because I got it pretty good the first time, it means to transport. So when they're actually writing this, it means to transport or to move something from one destination to another. Figuratively, to go or depart, emphasising the personal meaning which is attached 
to reaching a particular de destination. On another note, that word, the Greek text word, um, it also shares the force in, in different parts of the Bible. It shares the force, and this is ironic, and I, I wanted to include this this morning because it can mean go uh, in some ways, and that's the way it reads in the, English, in, in the English text. But it also shares the same force, and I, I, wanna, I want you to, to, to hear this this morning, it shares the same force of the imperative command to make disciples. So in that one word, it's not just saying go, like it is in the English. It's actually saying go with a purpose. Don't just go just because you feel that that's where you need to go or do something just because you need to do it. Go completely and utterly with a purpose driven from God. Go, make disciples. In the past here at Penrith, we have had separate teams overseeing different areas with a different direction and a heart for each aspect in going into all the world. We need to champion what has happened in the past because there's been some phenomenal things that have come in and through the works here at Penrith. But where is God taking us now? We, in this time that we've been exploring and seeing where God has been taking us. In this time, we've had an opportunity to reconfigure and look at the biblical basis of each element within God's mission, again, not ours, and to figure out and find out what the Bible is actually telling us to do as followers of his, as representatives of his, as the Jesus in this world. We find in the book of Acts 1.8, it says this, and you'll be my witnesses. Sounds like a bit of a purpose there as well. Go, make disciples. You will be my witnesses. In some, uh, in some translations, it actually says you will be my messengers. You are going to be my voice, whether it be through your actual voice, or whether it be through your actions, or whether it be you actually stepping out because you feel God prompting you to do something far greater than what you can actually embrace yourself. But it doesn't stop there. It says, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. It says, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. We as a church... And many churches have referred to this verse a lot over the years, especially when it comes to the promotion of mission support. But it clearly states in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world, which in our context means Jerusalem, Penrith, Judea, Sydney, New South Wales, Samaria, Australia, and to the ends of the world, international. So if we're actually stepping into what it biblically says, then we need to embrace what God is doing in all aspects. So what is MOE? Now I want to take you on just a little bit of a journey. Back end of last year, uh, these three letters came up to me. MOE, 
Now, in my context, in my old previous job, for those that didn't know what I did, MOE actually means method of entry. It's a method of entry into an unbreakable or a barraged area that has been barricaded, that somebody doesn't want you to get into, that it's, it's difficult to actually get into. But if you've got the method of entry to get in there, then there is no barricade or barrier that can actually stop you from getting in there. What's our method of entry? Not by our own works, but by the Spirit. Method of entry. Ironically, method of entry, so this could be the method of entry into the world to show the hope that brings that Jesus brings locally, internationally, and nationally through that, which kind of aligns with, with our new vision, building creative environments to bring the hope of Jesus. Wherever we are, we're not just a stagnant force waiting for people to come to us. So what is... MOE, MOE is missions. Ironically, the letters ironically also stand for missions, outreach, and evangelism. I believe, and I'm hoping that you guys can back me up here, I believe that we here at Penrith are a missional resource church, and we have been for many, many years. Financially, through giving, for support and building the kingdom, empowering through education, training, and exposure, in we've done possible and we're, we're hoping to be able to step back into that. We've done short-term missions before. We're hoping to step back into that. But partnership as well and what that looks like is completely and utterly up to God. And that's the reason why we've put it together or, and it's not subject to just these guys. People that are going to be able to be spirit-directed see God in everything that we do before we actually step into it. So what does partnership look like in all aspects, in missions, outreach and evangelism? So what are they? What is, what is missions? And when you look it up, you, you sit there and you go, people have got different aspects of what these actually look like, but you need to refer it to the Bible and what it actually is telling us to do in every aspect. So I looked up what missions are. So the boring, dry part of it is an important assignment given to a person or a group of people typically involving travel. Now this is, I think it's Wikipedia that brought this one up, and it's, it has no heart there, does it? It just says this is a group of people that are travelling that normally involve travelling. It says a group of people sent on a mission, an organisation or an institution involved in long-term assignments abroad. Another one, it says, the vocation or calling of a religious organisation, especially in a Christian one, to go into all the world and spread its faith. Still, I, I, I don't know about you, but I just don't see the heart there. And I, look, I've, I've met some missionaries, and it's all about heart when it comes to that. It's all about being God-directed. And when you have these, these interpretations of what missions is, it can, tends to become a little bit more unclear. So the basic definition of mission, according to the Bible, 
is the divine activity of sending um, intermediators, whether supernatural or human, to speak or do God's will so that his purpose for judgment and redemption are furthered. That's according to the Bible. I'm going to say that again. It is the divine activity of sending intermediators, whether supernatural or human, to speak or do God's will so that his purpose, his purpose for judgment or redemption are furthered. The biblical concept of mission comprehends the authority of the one who sends. If you are not involving God in our decisions, how do we know that we are sent into that area? We need to be in tune with where God wants us to go. So it is the authority of the one who sends, the obedience of the one sent, and a task to be accomplished. The power to accomplish the task and the purpose within the moral framework of God's covenantal working of judgment or redemption. That's mission. What that looks like? Come on a journey with our team. Let's find out. Outreach. Outreach is an activity of providing services to many populations who might not otherwise have access to those services. A key component of outreach is that the groups providing it are not stationary. Sound familiar to what I said before? They are not stationary, but mobile. And in other words, they are meeting the needs meeting those in need of outreach services at locations where those are in need. Now put that in Jesus' context. Jesus is a missionary. Jesus is an outreach. Jesus is an evangelist. That to me, what I just read out, is exactly what Jesus did. He met people where they needed. He met people where they were at and provided their needs, seeing past just their physical needs. The heart of outreach, or reaching out, the heart of outreach is reaching out, I should say, by going to the people who are lost. Now, as I said before, this doesn't just mean that we start up a program or run something that that another organisation that is probably doing it really, really good already Why can't we explore championing, supporting, and moving in, bringing that godly love? That's something that we need to explore. In Romans 10, 14, it says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That is outreach in a key. We say that we want to go out and preach the gospel through our actions, but if we're actually not going out there, then how can anybody hear unless we actually get out there? How can anybody experience this abundant life unless we actually take that faithful step? What that looks like? 
Let's explore together. In telling others about Christ, the effective witness must include more than just being a good example. Unfortunately, and I think I've said it to a fair few people, unfortunately, I think the church worldwide has kind of subcontracted out what church really means to non-Christian or secular um, uh, organisations in a lot of means. And there are a lot of secular organisations that love on people just as the church should be loving on people. But it actually says here, to be an effective witness must include more than just being a good example, doing good deeds. Eventually, we will have to explain the content that what and how, the what and the how of the gospel. Modelling the Christian life is important, but we need to connect the minds of the unbelievers and the message of the gospel. How do we do that? Again, come on a journey with us. Let's discover this. Matthew 25 35 and 36. Another one for outreach. Pointing it all the way back to the Bible. Is for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Now, we as a church have done this very well, meeting people's needs. But what does this space look like for us moving forward? What does this space look like for us? Where is God sending us, not just in 2020, but where is he sending us? Where does he want us to go to? I love this because you can actually pick out just words in this, this, this section of the Bible. You can sit there and go, what do we want to do for outreach? You can feed the hungry. You can give somebody that's thirsty a drink. You can meet their needs there. If you look at what Jesus did, Jesus actually said that, that the water will sustain you for a little bit, but I provide you living water that will sustain you forever. So what does that look like? You invited me into your home. I was, uh, I was naked. You gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. All of this is just representation of who Jesus is. I'm going to stop going down through rabbit holes there. Next one is evangelism. So our third one. So what is evangelism? And this is one that I think that uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding about. Because, and this is me personally, when I first started exploring what evangelism actually is, I thought that it was somebody standing on the corner preaching the gospel on, a, on their soapbox, uh, somebody that was in a tent and, and preaching it like Billy Graham. You have to have the right words and the right time and everything like that. But it's a lot, lot, lot more than just the words that you say. The spreading of evangelism is the spreading of a Christian gospel by public preaching, personal witness. By public preaching or personal witness. Evangelism is the announcement 
the proclamation and or the preaching of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says this. Now let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. Now this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. He's encouraging them. He's already preached the good news to them and he's, he's, he's re-reminding them in that sense. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, you welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it then. He's encouraging them, building up again. It is, the, uh, it, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message that I told you. We need to, there is so much, there is so much, and as I said before, white noise, but there is so much advertisement out there, whether it be in somebody's hand, whether it be on the, uh, the, the, the TV screen, the computer screen, um, travelling on the train, COVID style. I'm going to make sure we've got the COVID style side in, in that, but um, travelling on the train, the billboards, uh, the radio, there's all this advertisement of how you can better your life or what you need to put into your life to be happy and things like that. But yet, one of the most important things tends to go by the wayside and this is the directions of actually how to live. We live in a society that a lot of people, whether they go to church or not, they end up putting the good news on the back burner or on the shelf and only pull it out when they need to, unfortunately. So if we've got all these worldly activities that are in, in people's face, whether they like it or not, evangelism is key to get that, that message of the good news out. Yeah? Stay with me. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. You actually need to embrace it. I passed on to you what was the most important thing, what had also been passed on to me. And this is the whole key about it. And in a second I'm going to get um, somebody up to actually sh to expose their heart in this sense. But this is the whole key around everything that we do as a church. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture says. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. Everything that we do, we need to point back to the scriptures. Everything that we do and we step into, we need to make sure as examples to be able to point it back to the scriptures. The good news of and about Jesus Christ, therefore, the gospel is a communicated message, communicated in verbal means, by intentional and unintentional actions, and in written form. The concept of outreach runs throughout the Old and the New Testaments via biblical words that lend out significant and meaningful attitudes and approaches towards sharing the gospel with the unchurched. And I'm going to add in this bit, outside of church, in our everyday, anybody can be an evangelist. Matthew 24, 14 says this. 
and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. I don't know about you, but I want to get on board with that. And I love the fact that it doesn't say would be or could be preached. It actually says will be preached. God doesn't need us to accomplish his, big, his, his grand works. But he chooses to invite us onto it. He chooses to, to sit there and go, will you come with me? So Penrith Church of Christ, will we come with him? Is my question. So we have a team that is gathered. And the team, I believe, um, are pivotal. Uh, and they're put into this, this area um, for a reason. And I'm excited to see what's actually going to come about this. And I'm going to say now, and I'll probably say it uh, later, is that it does, as a, if this team expands from us exposing this, so be it. That's what God wants. Let's do this. But I'm going to invite Gail, who's, uh, who's uh, heading up um, this awesome initiative that we've got. Your mic's just up the back there. It's, it's been prepared for you. But the team that is uh, supporting and coming around Gale at this time, um, we, we have um, the wonderful Stuart Noble. Uh, we've got Max Tolhurst, Fran Hall, Bethany Wolf, Bree Wolf, Cheryl Moss and Judy Martin. I haven't forgotten anyone. That's beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. So I've asked Gail to come up because I can give you all the facts and everything that points back to the Bible. But as I've said to you guys before, they can just be words. I want to expose the heart behind what MOE is all about. And the best way to do that is, even though Gail um, feels like she's unequipped, which I don't believe that that's true, uh, I believe her heart is what bleeds in this, which is great. So I've got a couple of questions for you. Can you share with us your journey on becoming the ministry leader for MOE? Sure. Um, please excuse me for reading the answers. Otherwise, if I don't have it written down, I will just talk rubbish. So, some time ago, Adam, you sent an email to Stuart and I asking if we would consider leading the mission team. At the time, we both said no. We've been part of that team for the last 18 years or so, and we were going to have a break. But maybe in the future, we would be part of that team, but definitely not lead it. Stuart had other thoughts about what he wanted to do, and I had the excuse, I have trouble hearing. And it's just embarrassing when you have to continually ask people to repeat themselves. I don't know what that had to do with it, but you know, we can find excuses if we want to. That was the end of it, I thought. I had said to the Lord, though, that if for some obscure reason he wanted me to lead this group, then, he would have to, then we would have to be asked again. I'm a great believer in throwing out the fleece, especially when the ideas in your head are so mind-blowing that you really need an answer. So silly me, months later another email came from you. The same question, 
Again, Stuart said no, but I remembered what I had said to the Lord. So very tentatively and in fear and trembling, just like I am now, said I would do it. I remember saying to you, Adam, that I had a lot of questions about the role and I would need a lot of prayer. Because as soon as I decided that this is where God wanted me, those old thoughts of insecurity flood my mind. Like, who on earth do you think you are agreeing to do this? You're not creative. You're deaf, for goodness sake. You're not an upfront person. But I have to constantly say to myself that it's not me doing this. It's God working through me. My God is bigger than all those things that I am not and that I thought I needed. So I approached people to pray about whether they would be interested in being part of this team with me and here we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad that you've actually accepted the, the invitation from, from God, which is good. So what do you feel the kingdom heart is behind the three aspects in missions, outreach and evangelism? The simple answer for me is simply introducing people to Jesus mm. and making disciples of all nations. I find it really hard to separate these three words with their own definition. To me, mission leads to evangelism and it's done through outreach. Outreach, whether it's local, through certain programs, or further afield through particular programs, is mission. And outreach leads to evangelism. To me, they're just all intertwined. If we just have programs, but we're not introducing people to Jesus, we may as well stop what we're doing. And if we're doing pro programs that do not meet the needs of the people groups we're trying to reach, we're wasting our time. Mm. Words. Well, what do you believe God is directing you to do in the team's approach to go into all the world? Uh, this answer is a little bit of a cop-out, really, because I can't answer at this stage, I can't answer that question confidently because we've only just formed the team and our first meeting was early June and since then our focus has been on getting the program ready for August. So just let me read to you what I said to the team on that very first night. And I think that it still very much applies to today and maybe answers that question just a little. I said to them, just remember that God does not require us to know everything about the future now. He will equip us for what we need one day at a time. Mm. Rather than trying to figure it all out now, let's all pray for wisdom for the next step. Then when we take that step, we'll pray for wisdom for the next. God is not confused about the future. He's not wondering, like I am, what the future looks like. He knows exactly what is best for us mm. and our church. So our initial job is to pray 
confidently in the knowledge that we are all his children. Each one of us needs to pray earnestly in this team what the next step will be. While the decision as to what role we will play in global missions or local outreach is not currently clear, God's word is very clear. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. In Matthew 28, 19. Fantastic, fantastic. Oh. Since we're exposing your heart, can you share with us a personal experience that you and maybe even Stuart have had in supporting the Kingdom mission? Yeah, let me start that off with, as a child growing up in country New South Wales in Lismore and going to the Baptist church there, May was always called Mission Month. For the whole month of May, we would have guest speakers that were mainly missionaries that had returned on furlough, and they would usually present a talk and have their um, uh, evidence of their work on the old slideshow. And a lady by the name of Ruth Myers was a local homegrown Lismore girl and she went as a missionary nurse to a place called Bolivia in um, South America. And I can remember, we all seemed to be on, involved with supporting this lady. I remember my mum, as part of the ladies' fellowship, sending parcels over to her. I've no idea what was in the parcels, but as a child, I was always in awe of this single lady that went to live in the wilds of Bolivia. Then later on, in the middle 1970s, my own sister, who was also a nurse, went to Bangladesh with the Baptist missions. Stuart's family also had friends of the family serving in Papua New Guinea. Stuart's cousin was a pilot with the um, Missionary Aviation Fellowship who tragically lost his life serving in Papua New Guinea. So you can see early on in my life I was very familiar with missions, which mainly meant leaving your home country and going overseas. So from a very early age, I guess I supported missions, at least in prayer, not financially. It wasn't until we arrived in this church in the year 2001 had we ever heard of faith promise giving in support of missions. The first year we really stepped down in faith to give an amount that was unthinkable to us was around 2007. The amount we had pledged was not something we could have dreamt of being able to afford out of our wages. But God provided. How? Stuart's boss at the time had sold the business and as a thank you to his staff, he paid them all out their sick leave. And they had accumulated many weeks of sick leave. The amount that Stuart had accumulated was about $50 short of that amount that we had promised. But you know, I don't believe it's about the money. In reality, God doesn't need our money. He's the owner of the universe, but he does allow us to be part of the blessing. Mm -hmm. The part of the blessing 
in hearing the accounts that Janelle brings from Nepal mm. through the work of IMM and how God is working over there and knowing that the financial support we give from this church helps that to happen. Mm. Part of, being part of the blessing is hearing our, our financial support is allowing Alison to live in Turkey and share Jesus to the community. So you see, you don't have to leave home to be part of going to all the world. Good, good. So the last one, any words of encouragement that you would like to impart into anyone that is listening this morning when it comes to all aspects of the MOE moving forward? Let me share with you something that I read recently in one of my devotions. It said, the book of Acts is one of the most action-packed books in the Bible. There are so many characters going all over the place. The story moves from cities to deserted highways to remote, remote sorry, islands. The sheer number of locations mentioned covers thousands of kilometres. It's not. It's got fights, it's got riots, shipwrecks, people being mistaken for God's violence, people falling out of buildings and coming back to life, high-stake trials, political drama. It goes on. The main theme throughout the book, though, is that God's people go. Jesus commanded his disciples to go into all the world. Christians started going wherever they could. Everyone was involved, young, old, church workers, business people, single married. Some went to their hometown, some went to distant tribes. Some went to their friends, some went to their society. Some went to their enemies, some went to their peers. The actions are immortalized in the book of Acts. And I think it's unfortunate that maybe in the past when churches have talked about missions, They've almost exclusively talked of Christians leaving their jobs and home and moving overseas as full-time missionaries. Whether you're a student, business person, professional with numerous degrees, checkout person or a barista, a mother, father, daughter, son, all of that, we are all full-time missionaries mm. called to make disciples as we go throughout life. God's word makes it quite clear that you and I can be obedient to the great commission of going into all the world without changing our vocation or location. As long as we have capacity, God will use us. There are no limits. We are the ones that place the limits on what God can do through us. Mm. My prayer for Mo is that we will hear what God is saying to us and that we will be obedient to what he asks us to do. He wants us, not only as a team, but the church as a whole, to use our giftings to influence people and introduce them to Jesus. My encouragement to you is to pray. Pray for us as a team. Pray for yourselves that God will show you how you can become involved. I read a quote from um, Alan Webb's book that I will just finish with and it said, when man works, man works. 
But when man prays, God works. Mm. That's awesome. That is awesome. Give it up for her. So where to from here? Where to from here? As we uh, alluded to before, um, a lot of the times um, we can start with the financial side of things. So make sure that you pray over, read, get acquainted with that My Mo pledge. Make sure that we um, can sit there. If, and one of the things that I do want to highlight is that it needs to make sure that we are not just financial support. Missions, uh, outreach and evangelism is, is not just financial support in this, even though that empowers people to do things. Um, but if we can support in other ways, um, I'm pretty sure that, that Gail and the team would love to be able to hear your thoughts. If, if you've been inspired in any way, shape or form and want to hear about more, um, you'll be hearing it in the next couple of weeks as we explore different things. But um, uh, if, you, if you want to reach out to, to Gail uh, through moe at cofcpenrith.org, I'm, I'm pretty sure she would love to be able to have a conversation with you. Other than that, guys, um, look, one thing that I do want to turn around to you guys and say is that let's get excited. Let's, let, let's um, be in, in anticipation for what God is going to be doing. Um, be in a lot of prayer for, the, for Gail and the team. Um, and let, let's see any opportunities that may arise. I want to invite you individually, uh, whether in the building or, or watching, um, is that if God is whispering to you, in a certain direction to go in any of these aspects, let's go. Let's go and see where God's leading that, yeah? Let me pray for the team. Uh, let me pray for what God is going to be doing. And let me pray for you guys, uh, and then we'll finish up for today. Lord, I thank you that you've gone before us. I thank you that you've shown us and you've actually um, put it in your Bible different um, inspirational things that people, when they actually listen to you, that you not only show up, but you abundantly provide more than we can ever expect. So, Lord, I, I pray for, for Gail and the team as they are being led directly by you. Uh, in, in this space, in this new initiative and in this, this way that we are moving forward here at Penrith. Lord, I pray for the next coming weeks uh, as we are exploring and exposing uh, what this actually means through your eyes, not through ours. I pray that we can come with open hearts. And Lord, I just thank you for everyone that has joined us this morning. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their love for you. But Lord, I just pray that we can expand our thoughts and our feelings because of you uh, in, in every aspect when it comes to the uh, thought process of what missions is, what outreach is, and what is evangelism for your work, your glorification, and your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us online. Um, I hope you have a blessed week, uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org. 
www.ngo.org.au